This is a main hustle media podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Jackie O and you're listening to Militantly Mixed. Yo, this is Rashani from the single simulcast. And when I'm not making you laugh or making up parody songs, I'm kicking back listening to Militantly Mixed. I would like to acknowledge that the Main Hustle Media podcasts are recorded on the traditional lands of the Karankawa, the Chumash, and the Tongva people, and I wish to pay my respects to the people of those nations, both past and present. Hey y'all, welcome to Militantly Mixed, the podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your Sir Auntie, Charmaine Fury, aka the Blasian Blurred, the Busiest mixed race, bi-gendered, bisexual, polyamorous, atheist, comic book nerd, cat mom, and two-time Asian American Podcasters Association's Golden Crane Award-winning podcaster in this podcasting game. This is the fourth anniversary episode, y'all. Pew, 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 pew. Um, I have to admit, I had started to try to record this episode over the course of the last couple days, but I have been slipping back. I have slipped back into a case about of major depression, and um, I've really, you know, just kind of been between sort of flat and really down lately, and so every time I would try to go back and listen, I just sounded so depressed while also talking about how excited and proud of the show that I was, that I was just like, oh, fuck, how am I going to release this episode when I sound so bad? Something that I'm experiencing right now in this particular case of major depression, which I've never experienced before, is I'm actually having swing, emotional swings, where I'll get like almost euphoric, all the way down to like being really, really, um, like, in the darkness, I guess. I don't know. Um, and so I don't really know how to process that right now because that's never really happened. And I hope that's not indicating some other mental uh, health issue that I may have coming up. So I've really been struggling with it. But um, I think I'm in a swing towards not euphoria, but um, I, I guess a little bit of a happiness swing at the moment. Um because last night I got to connect with a friend I hadn't talked to in a really long time, and we ended up talking for like six hours straight into the middle of the night, and I'm exhausted today, but I woke up feeling really good about making that connection again. Um, And then I also woke up to more audio clips and video clips um, that I wanted to share for the anniversary episode, uh, y'all know that I've been asking for the last couple months if you wanted to send in audio clips or video clips um, celebrating the show or talking about your feelings about the show or particular guests or anything that you might want to share. And um, I, I had only gotten one as of last week. So I just kind of felt a little in the dumps about it, to be honest. And then when I woke up today, I had some I knew kind of came in last night, but I was busy, so I didn't really pay attention to them. But I woke up with five extra messages today. And um, there's a common theme about all these messages that I received that I wasn't anticipating and 
Um, the theme was that they were all celebrating me. Um, specifically, you know, as part of the militantly mixed journey. And uh, that was so meaningful, and I, I just, you know, kind of, I knew I wasn't going to get through this uh, episode without crying, but um, I just, you know, I was, I was expecting, you know, the celebration of, like, militantly mixed as a space for mixed people, and while there is a little bit of that in some of these messages, um, predominantly they are all celebrating me as an individual person, and I, I didn't expect that, and I really appreciate that, so I'm going to share some of these messages with y'all uh, throughout this uh, episode. And, um, you know, I hope that when you hear it, you, f you also feel as happy and excited about um, the four years of doing this show as I'm feeling right now. And especially because I have been dealing with um, a different type of depression than I've experienced before. Um, it's just really good for something like this to happen around this time. So I'm just really appreciative and and uh, and grateful to the people that I've connected with doing this show over the last four years. I'm gonna take a little bit of a break and try to get myself from being this emotional while talking. And so why don't I start with sharing the first video that I received? So you're just gonna get the audio on this, obviously, but I will share the videos of these. Um, some of them probably on the. Instagram over the course of the week. This first message comes to us from Naturally Mona Lisa, from the Naturally Mona Lisa YouTube channel, um, and from the Chime Making episode of Militantly Mixed that dropped in early 2020. Mona Lisa and I have become friends for real, and even though we haven't met in person, we've spent hours on video chats. We're in a group chat, the formerly known as the Mixed Asian Quartet, now the Mixed Asian Quintet. Um, and she's just become, she's such a thoughtful person. She's so sweet. And even when she's going through stuff herself, she she does pop up and she's there. And I just love and appreciate her so much. And I'm so excited. And I'm so grateful that I was able to get this relationship by just pressing record on a podcast four years ago and leading to getting a chance to meet Mona Lisa. Uh, so without further ado, here is Mona Lisa. Hi Charmaine, it's Mona Lisa. I love you so much. I have to want to make sure that I made this video for you. Even though I'm due for a root canal in two weeks and I'm in a lot of tooth pain right now, but when I heard that you're celebrating four years doing your military mix podcast, I want to make sure I send in a video to congratulate you. So when we first met two and a half years ago and did that episode together, I, I did not expect that it would uh, start a friendship like this. You're so sweet. You're so smart. You're so passionate in any, everything that you do. And you're so brilliant. And that's just not me saying, everyone is saying that. You have won two Golden Crane Awards for your podcast. So that shows how brilliant and amazing you are and your podcast means so much to all of us um, as mixed race and multicultural people out there. So we appreciate you, we love you, and um, I, I think you're going to go very far with this podcast. 
I can see you continue into 10 years, maybe 20 years. <laughs> Anyways, I'll see you later. Bye-bye. You see what I mean when I say how thoughtful and, and sweet Mona Lisa is? Mona Lisa, you can hear the tooth pain, like, while she's talking. And I can see it because I've seen the video, and, uh, you know, her eyes are kind of closed a little, and her teeth are kind of clenched, and, and she still took the time, despite being in that much pain, to send me a video. Um, and I just, I man, I just appreciate you so much, Mona Lisa. You're just one of the most thoughtful and sweet people and really, like, having conversations about difficult topics, like, you're such a good person to go through stuff like that with. And I just love you. So thank you so much for sending me that message. You're actually going to hear from the whole mixed Asian quartet today. So for the last couple of years, ever since, I guess, in order of the way I've met them, I've known Asian so for almost four years. I met them through... Um, Natalie from the Some Kind of Brown podcast four years ago, and we've become friends in real life ever since. Uh, I met Mona Lisa in early 2020 or late 2019, and we did our Chimacan episode of, um, of Militantly Mixed. And then because of Mona Lisa, I joined a group, about a Blasian group, and that's how I found Rohan. And then when I mentioned to Mona Lisa that I was going to talk to this person from that Blasian group and mention who they were, she was like, oh, yeah, I follow Rohan. I love everything Rohan does. So over the course of me meeting everybody, I, I got us together for different things in the beginning because I just thought, like, this group is very aligned. And so um, Asian Silver Rohan Lee and I, did a um, celebration of Yorikochiyama and Malcolm X's mutual birthday, May 19th. We did a discussion about the importance of Black Asian solidarity in activism spaces. I want to say that was definitely 2021. And then in the summer of 2021, no, I think that was 2020. No, it was definitely 2021. <laughs> this, I'm still in this period of COVID blur where I have no idea what years things happened in. And then the four of us did a Black Asian solidarity workshop uh, for the Midwest Mix Conference, which was a virtual conference. I believe that was last summer. And uh, we took different sections. So Rohan and Asian Sof handled different aspects of activism, either in organizing or in, like, boots-on-the-ground um, activity. Um, Mona Lisa did a section on, on education of the history of Black Asian solidarity and how much there has been in our past. And then I did a thing about creating a platform to vocalize aspects and share space for Black Asian Solidarity. And the four of us paired all that together for this workshop. And um, our goal is hopefully to, to be able to do that in other spaces as well. But the four of us for the last at least a little over a year, year and a half, have been in this group chat as family, um, either just being there for each other or actually planning and working towards different aspects of... Um, uh, solidarity work. And so I guess before I get any further in, I'm going to share the messages from uh, Asian Sof and Rohan Jolie. Maine, my friend, I'm so excited for you. Happy for your anniversary award winning podcast host and all them things. I 
love being your friend. I'm so happy the universe has brought us together. You're obviously the dopest mixed race, blurred cat mom. I don't know the whole intro, but just know that I freaking love you no matter what hat you're wearing. And mind you, you wear all your hats so freaking well. So um, thank you for inspiring people to share their stories and demonstrating so much courage and bravery in the journey you've had and through being candid and honest about your experience, but also just beginning the podcast in general and trying to be the person that you didn't have when you were younger. So shout out to you. Keep motivating and inspiring all of us. You know, I love you till the freaking end and beyond. And just know you truly deserve all the dopest, flyest, most magical, most enchantingest, the most blurredest, the most cat momish, whatever, all the wonderful things this universe has to offer. And I'm just happy to be in your world right now. So shout out to you. Shout out to the four year anniversary. And I'm glad to have been on this journey with you thus far. And you know, I hope the universe continues to keep us together. Love you. I love you. Bye, octopus woman. Ah, huge, huge, huge congrats to Militantly Mix. Another year. Here's to many more. Can I just say, like, <laughs> it's so wild to actually finally get a chance to to meet people in person that you have been engaged with. Like, this, y'all know, I talk about how old I am all the time. 44 years old. I grew up without the internet i didn't have the internet until i was an adult so the way that it's still weird to me even after 20 years of there being the internet and building relationships this way it's still sometimes weird to me that you can meet somebody on the computer and eventually know them as friends um sofa and i knew each other for <laughs> almost three years at least yeah almost three years online exclusively we lived in the same city but by the time we were planning on meeting, the pandemic had started and we just didn't get a chance to meet each other in person. So before I moved to Houston last year, we went out to dinner together. And that was the very first time that I got to see Soph in person. Um, then I moved to Houston and we still kept up the group chat, obviously. And over the course of the last uh, or early parts of this year, we were working on different aspects of building the Blasian March in Los Angeles. I didn't really help with the organization organization of it, but I participated in creating um, the uh, Blasian March live and militantly mixed live discussion that we did um, where we streamed it out on YouTube at the East West Players Theater. Um, and then I was just a presence at the at the march um, in case I was needed and, and there to be supportive. Um, and from there, I finally got a chance to meet Rohan in person. So the three of us got to be together in LA last May. And although we did feel the absence of Mona Lisa, um, you know, we wanted to be able to to hug in a group of four. Um, we got to share space and it felt like nothing. It felt like we'd already been around each other so many times, uh, but we just had only known each other online. And like I said, since I didn't grow up that way, it's still weird to me that you can actually develop these like meaningful real life friendships with people that you um, met on you know facebook or through a podcast or whatever it's just so it's so so wild um but i love these three people mona lisa asian soph and rohan jolie so much and i'm so grateful for the the work that we've done together but also just the friendship that we've built as a quartet um because of the blazer march la the local organizer the main organizer in la lee 
I met them through Rohan and, and Soph because of the organization. Um, and I got to sp share space with them in, in person as well in L.A. And so they've now joined the quartet and we are now the quintet, the mixed Asian quintet. Um, and I just see a future of a lot more positive work in the black Asian solidarity space. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just love these people so much. And I'm I'm so appreciative of them coming through. And Soph is my fellow octopus woman. Um, because we have our eight tentacles and a whole bunch of different projects. Yeah, she's just my heart. I don't know. <laughs> my little Imoto, little sister, mixed Japanese sister alongside me. I, I just adore you. <sighs> okay. So I keep having a pause between all of these because I re-listen to them in between me talking and feeling those emotions swell up again just because I... I just, I don't know, I just love these people and I, I love that they've taken time to to um, share their feelings about the show and about me for this anniversary episode. It, it is really helping with the, uh, keeping those endorphins up at the moment when things are kind of a, on an emotional level, kind of difficult time for me. Um, so I know I skipped last week's episode and that did have a lot more to do with the Supreme Court ruling here in the United States overturning Roe v. Wade. It was that and how much information I had consumed that weekend that, that brought me down. I was already experiencing major depression, though. I've got something going on personally that is a big struggle, and I, I couldn't really function properly last week, which was crazy. But, you know, I still wanted to make sure that I got to make this episode because in 2021, I didn't get a chance to celebrate the third anniversary of Militantly Mixed, and that really sucked for me because three is my favorite number, so I wanted to do it up really big. But at the time that I was supposed to be putting together that episode, I was when I was on the road. So about uh, two weeks before we left L.A., all my stuff had gotten picked up, and we were basically just squatting in our apartment with a mattress on the floor, um, cat litter box, and uh, a bag, a duffel bag each for us with clothes and stuff like that. And um, so even though I had my computer, it just really wasn't a good time for me to try to record an episode, let alone cut it together. And then we spent three days on the road driving, and I was the one driving. So in between each time we stopped, I was exhausted, so I definitely didn't um, do any editing. And so by the time I got settled into my new place and got the Internet and was ready to go, um, it was already like a week past the anniversary, and I was still kind of acclimating to my new life and the, the new work at the comic book shop that um, I just stayed on that hiatus. This year, whew, I'm kind of going through it because I still can't get over the fact that I moved from L.A. to Houston just a year ago. Today, the day I'm recording is July 3rd, and that is the day I moved into my place that I'm in right now. So today is the anniversary of me um, coming to Houston. And you wouldn't, I would not have been able to foresee that just one calendar year later, not only would I no longer be at the comic book shop, but I would be traveling for podcast reasons and, um, and that my life was going on a totally different trajectory. So that's so wild to me, and I'm, I'm very excited about what I'm doing right now. Um, but it being the anniversary of me coming here, I've been thinking a lot about what brought me here and the fact that I'm not doing that anymore. 
So I've talked about it this year, earlier this year, that um, as I was starting to, as I won the second award, the Golden Crane Award from the Asian American Podcasters Association for uh, Best Asian Stories, Culture, and Experiences category, I, um, I started to get contacted by a lot of different outlets to either do some sort of interview or um, project related to being mixed Asian kind of was the popular thing at the time. And um, with all of that coming down the pipe, I knew that there was going to be, especially during the summer, a period of time where it was going to be very difficult for me to give my portion of the effort into the comic book shop. Um, and that was sort of expected. That's how we built our contract. I was a 40% owner so that 60% of my time technically was dedicated to main hustle media and militantly mix in particular. And, um, but I realized that even after two and a half years, the first two and a half years of doing the shop, it was more feasible for me to divide these two things up and balance my schedule around. But once we physically got into the shop, it was going to be tougher to put that burden of constantly leaving without notice, you know, without much notice in some cases to take these trips related to podcasting that were starting to come up. That and the shop was doing well enough to pay for itself, inventory and things like that, but we still weren't able to pay our own salaries and I just didn't want that to be a continued burden um, while we were building. And uh, one day in particular, it it was becoming more clear that what made the most sense was for me to leave, even though that was going to be difficult both for myself, my business partner, and the shop. But here I am almost four months after leaving the shop, and I have traveled a few times already for podcasting. I've done several interviews for things that are start, going to start popping up over the summer, and um, I'm going to be traveling a lot in the summer as well. So I, I know that this was the right decision, but I'm still so surprised. Like, it just, it's just a surprise that all of this happened so quickly. And I haven't really had a chance to, like, rest and contemplate it all. And so a combination of this being the anniversary of the podcast and the anniversary of my move to Houston, I guess it's been really heavily on me lately, which is why I think when I was originally recording the, this episode for the anniversary, um... And the fact that my depression has been so heavy lately, you could just, all you could hear was the, the sad aspects of things, I think, and not so much the celebratory. And I feel a lot more celebratory today, um, thanks to that long conversation I had last night and, uh, and all these uh, video and audio clips that I've received from people today. Um, so continuing on in that theme of contemplation, I guess, or, or maybe not contemplation, maybe a little more like... Um, evaluating the work of Militantly Mixed. I started this show because of a number of things. I, I have kind of told the origin story about the show before, but if, if you haven't listened since 2018, you, you may not know. Um, I was a, a director of HR at um, a tech company, and uh, I w I've been in the tech field in some form or fashion for many years as either an operations manager or an HR um, manager and I I was rising very high I was feeling very good about that work even though there were aspects of the of, of the companies that I have worked at that are very difficult to maneuver as a person of color and as a queer person and as a femme-bodied person um, but I still felt good about the work I was doing but something happened in 2017 
um, to derail that career that I can't really discuss. And it, um, it was such a difficult time that I had a bout of major depression that left me on the couch for nearly 18 months. I settled into a very deep depression, major, a case of major depression. I was literally on the couch in the dark for over a year. I was rewatching 30 Rock on repeat, like the whole seven seasons, and then I would start it back over. And that was my, the only really form of comfort I had at the time. And I was in danger of like never coming out of that. Um, my partner would talk to me and be like, you know, you, like I was still looking for jobs and things like that, but I wasn't being successful and I was really struggling and we were struggling financially. I was going to have to either change careers or something was going to happen because needed to happen because I couldn't get out of that situation. And so I don't remember how it happened, but I think someone at some point told me like, you need a project, something to distract you so that you get your mind right. And when you get your mind right, maybe you'll be able to start looking for work again. And I had been sitting on this idea of starting a podcast called Militantly Mixed for a few years. So I decided, like, who was it going to hurt? The worst thing that could happen is I don't do anything, which is what I was already doing. Or that, you know, I'd work on it for a little while and then it would fade away, which is kind of common to me. I, I have this uh, family disease of a lot of creativity, but... um loss of motivation or disbelief in myself and so I just stopped doing stuff. My dad used to do this. Many of my relatives on my dad's side also seem to do this and I've done it several times in my life so I thought worst case scenario I start a project and I don't finish it. So I started to do the work towards creating what was going to eventually become Militantly Mixed. I didn't really know where to start. I thought it was going to have to be very journalistic or something because there was no podcasts about mixedness at the time that were active. There were a handful of podcasts that had been started prior to that that were from mixed people, but none of them had had an active episode in over a year from the time that I finally launched Militantly Mixed. So I started to get on Facebook groups, on, on um, mixed-related Facebook groups, and would reach out to folks and just say, hey, I'm starting this um, project, and I just kind of want to know what sort of things mixed people want to talk about or, or hear about so that I can prepare researching for this this um, project. And I found some really receptive mixed groups. I found some really awful toxic ones that were very uh, colorist and, you know, anti-dark skin and just generally really toxic spaces. But there was, a ha there was one or two that were decent spaces that um, people were really responsive. And so I started setting up Skype interviews with folks um, to just talk to them about being mixed for a little while while taking notes so that I could figure out what I was going to do with the show. So I, I didn't have my current format for the show yet. I, I was just interviewing people trying to figure out what I was going to do with the show. And I had um, interviewed seven people before it clicked into place that what I was already doing was what the show should be. So in the case of those seven people, a couple of them I reached out to and said like, you know, I figured out what I'm going to do with the show. And I think what it, it, it really is, is me just sharing the interview that we had. Are you okay with me sharing that? And in the case of a couple of them, they were. And then in the case of a couple of them, uh, like they were doing something while we were interview while we were talking. So like one of them was cooking, so it wasn't really good quality audio. And one of them was like sitting at a bench outside of their job. So I was like, with those two people, I asked, can I re-interview you now that I know what it's going to be? And we'll get into it. 
And it was the seventh of those interviews that is the one that clicked everything into place for me. That seventh person was John Corbin, who ended up being the first episode of Militantly Mixed. Sometimes I felt like I was fighting to be seen as white was something that he says. And that's what the name of that first episode is. And that's how Militantly Mixed really got started. I went from interviewing mixed people to try to figure out what kinds of things mixed people want to talk about or need to talk about so that I could research and put together like maybe some sort of journalistic episodes to going, oh, this is what the show is. I just need to talk to mixed people about being mixed. And boom, it took off. And, you know, for me, like in terms of the, the pure pleasure of doing a show like Militantly Mixed, it really is like, this is shit I would have done anyway. I w every time I meet another mixed person prior to doing this show, I'd be like, oh, you're mixed, I'm mixed too. And then why would just launch into a big old conversation about like, what's life like for you? What do you do? What's your mix? Da, 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 da. And I would really enjoy like the similarities and the differences and, and, and I don't know why it was so important, but that besides representation, I guess, just feeling like, oh, there's somebody else out in the world like me that made that so meaningful. And that being the way the show turned out to be <laughs> is just like, yeah, 100%. That's, that's exactly what makes the most sense for a show about mixedness that someone like me would have created. And so I'm just so proud that I tried because at the time I started the show was one of one of the worst bouts of major depression I had experienced. I, I've had a number of bouts of major depression over my life and uh, two very significant ones were in the last um, 10 years and that one was really rough and I don't know that I would have pulled out of that had I not started focusing on Militantly Mixed. Militantly Mixed pulled me out of that really dark depression and gave me purpose. Beyond just giving me purpose, it gave me a different life. Um, one I never expected. I thought I would have to work up in the ranks at some tech corporation and, you know, put in my 30 years or something until I could retire and work my way up into an executive suite um, and try to do work on behalf of uh, queer femmes of color, basically. Um, and because that was kind of what I was doing in the spaces that I was working in. And um, it was going to be a fine life. It wasn't going to be a very creative life. It wasn't going to be um, where I was excited and enthusiastic about going to work all the time, but it was going to be a fine life. But now my life is podcasting. My life is talking to mixed people about being mixed and, and living in, with mixed experiences or, um, and, you know, just life while mixed. Or talking to nerds, black nerds and brown nerds about being nerds and comic books and stuff for Blurred Comics uh, or movies and pop culture things. Or it's talking to queer people of color for Bi Furious about different aspects of, of queer life and polyamorous life. And um, and soon to be launching a travel podcast as well about traveling while queer or disabled or marginalized in some way, shape or form and finding safe places to travel in. And these are 
four quadrants of my life I've always been interested in. And now I actually get to, on a weekly or biweekly basis, talk to people about these subjects. And that's what I do now. And I'm so fucking excited about that being the thing that I do now. Um, and it all starts with melatonin mix. If I don't press record in 2018, I don't get to this life that I'm experiencing right now. And also, I wouldn't have the relationships, um, a lot of the relationships that I have right now had I, had I not press record. Um, so in addition to my mixed Asian quartet, I also have my mixed auntie posse. <laughs> Um, yet another group chat of people I've developed meaningful relationships with since doing the show. And uh, the first two members of the Mixanti Posse were Teresa Stovall and Sonia Smith-Kang. I met Sonia back in my very first year of Military Mix. I think her episode is 11, maybe 14. Off the top of my head, I don't remember, but it's the Each One Teach One episode. And she was the very first, like, big named person in mixedness that I got a chance to speak with for the show. Um, at the time, she was the president of the Multiracial Americans of Southern California organization, and she also is the owner of Mixed Up Clothing, which is her mixed-race children's, mixed-race, mixed-cultural children's clothing line, um, currently available at Macy's, which just happened this year, which is amazing. And uh, we had our episode that we got to talk about, you know, what it's like to do stuff in mixedness, what it's like to do work and, and try to leave your mark. And then years later, two, two years later, we, we had stayed connected through all of the other mixed groups, but in terms of directly talking to each other and things like that, we started to reconnect uh, back in 2020 when I did the first uh, Militantly Mixed live stream, which was called Decenter. And um, that, that was, the idea came about from Alison Hart, the author of Mostly White Novel, the novel about somewhat fictional storytelling, kind of loosely based off of her own family, about four generations of mixed-race women. She had the idea of doing a conversation about decentering mixed people in Black Lives Matter spaces. And so it was Alison, myself, Teresa Stovall, Sonia Smith-King, and Richard B. Pierre from the What Are You documentary. So the five of us got together to do that, and that's how I kind of reconnected with Sonia again. And then right before that, I had also connected with uh, Teresa Stovall for the show because of the release of her memoir, Swirl Girl, Coming of Race in the USA. So right around that cluster of time, of a period of a couple months, the three of us started chatting about, was there some alignment between the three of us where we could kind of talk about things from the mixed auntie perspective? Because we, we were all somewhat um, aunties or educators or in, in the kind of content that we were creating. And so we got together and started to chat about that, and that's how we have the mixed auntie posse group chat. Uh, we ended up doing a live stream with Dr. Yaba Blay, who is the author of the One Drop book, talking about different aspects of black life throughout the world, different types of, you know, different black identified people, which includes mixed people and, and includes multiracial mixed black folks. From there, we, we just kept meeting on a regular basis and, and talking about things that we can work together. And we eventually um, added to the, to the group Sarah Lotus from the Mixed Bloom Room, 
Sarah's a mixed race life coach and um, has been on the show several times, including the very first year that I did the show as well. So the four of us get together and talk about things that we can do or different aspects of mixedness that could be helpful in terms of like being aunties to the mixed, to all y'all mixed folks out there. From there, Teresa and I started doing the monthly Mixed Auntie Confidential episodes and Sonia and I have met in person as well. And so these are these are two people that are just in my life constantly as well and I absolutely adore them. I'm so proud of the work that they do. Uh, we, we just hype each other up all the time and it's just such a supportive group and I love everybody and you know I love them all so much. And I have two messages here from Sonia and Teresa to share with y'all as well. Hey, Militantly Mixed, it's your girl, Sonia Smith-Kang of Mixed Up Clothing. Congratulations on your incredible success and happy fourth anniversary. I will always remember our first interview where I knew I was home. Chatting with someone you vibe with that understands you, that feeling cannot be duplicated. You've worked so hard to achieve this accomplishment. You set an amazing example for everyone in this space, and I'm incredibly proud to know you and walk this earth with. Mucho amor. Hey, Mixed Auntie Teresa here, and I want to congratulate Charmaine and all of our militantly mixed cousins on four spectacular years of representing and exploring and expressing so many facets of our mixedness. I say muzzle to the tub, baby, and here's to many, many more years of teaching us to be our mixed ass selves. Love y'all. Smooches. Mwah. So shout out to my mixed Aussie posse because that's given me a whole different perspective too on the kind of work that I've been able to do with Militantly Mixed, and um, I also just have a crew of people that I can go to to bounce things off when I'm invited to speak and, and know that, you know, it does it literally does take a village to do um, any kind of work like this, and, and you can't just do it in a bubble or in isolation, and um, these folks have been a big part of uh, me becoming a better podcaster, me becoming a better speaker, showing me perspectives that maybe I hadn't seen before and really allowing safe space to get into it like get into those uncomfortable topics when we're facing certain things within ourselves and we provide that space for each other as a group but how it's affected me is I just feel so much growth since I've been able to to start hanging out with them regularly another thing that I love so much about being able to do this show is connecting with other people that that do some other form of content related to mixedness, whether it's um, TikToks or Instagram, speaking engagements, other podcasts, books, documentaries, etc. I like the way, I like meeting people that are approaching work in this mixed race space the way that makes the most sense to them. And because of that, I've gotten to meet some, some pretty amazing people, some of which I've already showcased on this episode. And Sometimes the way that I meet someone is because they're creating something or because they have created something. I met Teresa because Teresa was about to release her memoir. And this next person that I'm going to um, share a clip from is Aaron Douglas Keller, also uh, author of a memoir about their mixed race experience. Aaron, we connected during the early days of the pandemic related to them starting their journey 
towards working on their memoir. So they had already been working on their memoir, um, but it wasn't, you know, fully probably fleshed out yet or whatever. And it was more of just kind of like an engaging of, hey, there's this thing I'm doing, want to connect. And then Aaron joined up a number of times for the um, social distancing hangouts that I was doing on Zoom during the early parts of the pandemic, where we had a whole groups of people, sometimes up to 15, 16 people at a time, um, just getting together once a week to, to talk about, you know, being mixed in a shared space. Uh, over the course of the last couple of years, same thing. I've, I've gotten to know Aaron a little bit more here and there in different doses. And Aaron trusted me with sharing certain aspects of their book so that I could, you know, put in my two cents on, on what they were doing. And I got to assist, I guess, in reviewing the, the back cover of the book blurb. And, and also I've had Aaron on the show both on an episode and on a live stream for Instagram. So we've been we've been connecting and talking and for the last couple of years and we connect not just in mixedness but also in gender identity and 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 heavier discussions about um like our different intersections. And Aaron is always present too like whenever there's been some sort of milestone over the last couple of years or some video project that I've asked for participation or or something like that uh, Aaron comes through. They are at a an outing and you can hear a lot of background noise from this, but I want to share Aaron's video as well, talking about military men. It's probably impossible to hear me, but I want to make a toast to Charmaine and the Militantly Mixed podcast, because it's taught me so much. And it was one of the first places that I really connected with the mixed community and started to feel like I wasn't on my own, you know? that I was really out there with a lot of other people who wanted to understand more about their own experiences and share them with others and do all those wonderful things that we can do in community. So thank you so much, Charmaine. Happy anniversary to you and your podcast. Keep doing the wonderful things you're doing. Love you. Thank you for the message, Aaron. And I'm also so glad that Militantly Mix was one of those places that you were able to connect to first. Uh, for those of you who can't really hear... Um, because there is a crowd in the background. Aaron did provide a video that has a transcript, so that is going to go up on the Instagram. It might already be up by the time you see this episode. I don't know, uh, or hear this episode. But I, I appreciate the the toast to Militantly Mixed um, for the fourth anniversary. I'm also just really inspired by um, all of the people that happen to be the people that sent in audio or voice clips for or uh, audio or video clips for this episode, each one of them does something in mixedness, you know, beyond being mixed people existing. They all do some sort of work in mixedness, whether it's uh, content creation or activism, product creation, things like that. And, and everything about their journeys feels important to me as well as people to look up to and, and continue to grind and continue to follow the path of, of doing work like this. With Mona Lisa, she created her YouTube channel to, to investigate like all natural healthy products for both mixed hair and or curly hair specifically, but because she's a mixed person and also for eczema because she does um, suffer from eczema. She, she also works on translating Black Lives Matter messaging content into Cantonese so that people who speak Cantonese have a better understanding of what's happening over here and and that she's applying things that she has access to to be able to do work and I find that just so inspiring and important with Sof and Rohan both existing in organizing activism and uh, activation spaces 
that you know that's risky work it's 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 physically risky but it's also like emotionally and mentally risky um you know you're working towards change and it can be very frustrating it can be tireless it can it can feel difficult sometimes and yet they continue to to speak on um important topics and raise awareness I've been exposed to things that I didn't quite see before, even as I've done some aspect of activism before. Um, I just learned so much from these people on a regular basis um, by by paying attention to their content, and they just happen to be my friends too. So not only do I get to be excited for my friends doing the work that they do, I also get constantly educated um, by them, and I love so much that they that they do the work that they do. With Sonia, like me, starting a business from home and just trying to hope that it that something happens with it and keep grinding and keep building and then developing that company into uh, into a bigger brand that has a message that is meaningful and then gets the attention of a large chain retailer like Macy's to start offering their products in their stores. Um, and pushing through self-doubt and pushing through what is why am I doing this? Why me of all people on this planet are is trying to do this work and, and still getting to those areas and getting the recognition that I absolutely believe they deserve? Teresa, I, I don't know how to talk about the way I feel about Teresa. I, I just reached out to someone who was talking about their upcoming memoir on multiple mixed race pages and I was like hey I have a podcast you want to come on and talk about it I I didn't I didn't know that that was going to turn into one of the most meaningful relationships in my in my weekly life um Teresa is someone I can I can talk to about really difficult complex conversation or topics uh we can have conversations that feel entirely supportive and safe I learn so much from them, but also they learn from me. Like she learns from me and she tells me when I'm part of why she understands something better. Um, we've really grown collectively to like rely on each other as sometimes a first stop before we start talking to other people about things. And, you know, I didn't expect stuff like this to happen when I started this show. And here I have so many fulfilling relationships like this, um, and to now incorporate Teresa into Militantly Mix and, and have a special episodes just for us to, to talk about um, what we mutually, you know, what's invaluable to both of us to do, these Mixanti Confidential episodes, and pairing those with her existing Mixanti Confidential blog, like, I just feel like I'm I'm a part of, of, of really building community in a way that I, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to do when I first set out to start the show. And then Aaron, same thing, just a person that connected because they were also creating content. And in that time, not only have I watched Aaron, you know, work through the book, but learn so much about themselves that the Aaron that I met two years ago and the Aaron that I got to speak to most recently about the launch of the memoir, the completed memoir, um, they're just a fuller, more enriched, comp more complete person, I feel. I hope I don't 
feel out of, I hope I'm not out of pocket saying it that way, but a more complete person than I experienced the first time that I got to talk to them. And I just absolutely am so excited for them and proud that they've gone on the journey that they've gone on because, um, you know, I know this work is hard, especially when it's so personal. It's, it's, it's so much harder. The stakes feel so much higher and that, that they push through to be able to release their, their book. I'm just, I'm so excited and proud. Um, and I feel honored to be in community with all of the people that I've shared on this today's episode. Um, I know we all do work in this area, but there's just times when I sit here and I'm like, I constantly get to be in awe of my friend group. And, and then I'm friends with such amazing fucking people. And I'm so, I'm so excited for all of them. I want to keep seeing all the stuff that they do. I'm, I'm so grateful when they partner with me on things and allow me to share community and share space. Um, and I didn't have this four years ago, you know. I didn't have this 10 years ago. I didn't have this 20 years ago. Um, but now that I have it, I, 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 I can't go back. I, I really can't go back. This is this is the fucking life um, to have uh, doing this show and getting to meet the people that I've met. And it's not just the people that you've got to hear about today. It, I'm so grateful to everybody who has shared their story on the show, especially in the beginning, uh, probably early six months of the show, because nothing like this existed before. It it could have potentially been risky. You know, people had to be vulnerable. They sh they shared so much of themselves in a in an environment they've never done before, and in an environment that they couldn't test out beforehand. Like this was a new show. I was interviewing people way ahead. I had about I think I had I I remember it being into like fifteen twenty or something recorded episodes before I started to launch. Um, well, no, I had launched, but so I had like ten ten or so at the time I launched and then I stacked up another 15 or so. So there was a lot of people that I was interviewing months and months before their episode ever aired that first, um, pretty much the first year, but the first six months. So they didn't even have episodes to go back to, to reference before they agreed to do it. And so it was a big step for a lot of those people to join up as the show became more popular and we started getting more listeners. People had an opportunity to listen to the show before they came on if they wanted to. Um, but they still decided to come on and be vulnerable with me and share mixedness, share their story about their own mixedness, knowing that potentially someone out there could hear it and feel less alone. That being the goal across the board with almost everybody I spoke to, um, that's, that's what has been so meaningful about doing this show. So I am so grateful to everybody who has shared their story. I'm grateful for the people who have sent in DMs or emails over the years sharing why this show has been so important to them or review on iTunes, um, dropping reviews to, to encourage other people to listen to it and why it's meaningful to them, to the people that have engaged with the guests that have been on the show um, as well. That also happens and the participants in the social distancing hangout that I had done for a while, like, and the people that participate on the Facebook private group and in the Discord channel, like, 
we have community and it's so good to be able to kind of interact with some of the same people on a regular basis and, and get to see everybody's journey as they become more comfortable in their skin, um, as I've been able to do as well alongside y'all. So thank you for the four years that I've had so far, and I'm looking forward to however many years in the future that I have being able to do this. Um, I definitely can't do it alone, although, you know, I, I am a one-main show. I am the, the producer, the interviewer, the editor, um, the social media manager. I'm, I, I know I'm in that respect a team of one, but I wouldn't be able to do it without y'all participating. Um, without the Patreon sponsorship, definitely wouldn't be able to put it out without the Patreon sponsorship. Um, in fact, shout out to Aaron for uh, renewing for another annual sponsorship for this year um and to the other 31 so 32 total uh sponsors that i have doing um on patreon that help support keeping this show going um i'm so grateful to all of y'all i it is still a goal that i try to hit 500 a month um because i am in in such a deficit producing the show every month but um you know, we still got a couple hundred dollars to get there, and hopefully I can find some form of sponsorship, too, to ease that burden uh, from the fan listeners to to support the show. But uh, I wouldn't be able to do it without y'all. I'm, I'm so appreciative. Uh, for those of you who would like to help in sponsoring the show, if the content is meaningful to you or if you get anything out of it, please go to patreon.com slash mix. And you can sponsor the show as low as a dollar a month to as high as anything you wish. And there are different rewards depending on what level you choose. Uh, there is also the tip jar, uh, paypal.me slash mixed or the Venmo at Main Hustle Media. Um, if you would like to just drop some coins in the tip jar as a way of supporting the show, um, those are the, the best ways to, to provide some sort of financial support. Or you can always go to militantlymixed.com and purchase one of our t-shirts. We have Militantly Mixed logo shirts. We have the Mixed and Hella line, Mixed and Hella Black, Mixed and Hella Asian, Mixed and Hella Queer. Um, and as I've mentioned, I do eventually want to have other shirts for different uh, categories of folks. But since I don't come from those intersections, I want to make sure that I find artists from those intersections, people that are thoughtful about the art that they create before I um, release something and then find the right uh, charitable organizations to donate the proceeds to. Uh, because all the Mix and Hella shirts are fundraising shirts for different charities. I, I don't take anything home from that. Um, but I do from the uh, Militantly Mixed logo shirts. So if you pick up some merch sometimes, that can support the show as well. And... Uh, I think I think that's it. Uh, thank you again for giving me this four years and looking forward to... Well, I guess... Um, so there should be... Next week we are coming back with a Mixed Auntie Confidential episode and then the final two weeks in July uh, will be regular episodes of Militantly Mix. It is going to start getting a little tight for me towards the end of or towards middle July because um, I am starting the process of me doing events for the summer um, but I will get through the this month July with episodes every week and I will start I will go on my mental health hiatus in August um, it is not really going to be a mental health hiatus it's really just going to be a regular ass hiatus just like last time 
because um, I will be traveling from August 10th until September 6th with very few days home. Um, so I will not be podcasting during that time. But, um, but you know, my intention is normally to take a mental health hiatus and just take a break and, and process. Um, I don't know that I'm really going to have that much time to emotionally process, but I am going to um, report back all of the stuff that I experience when we come back in September. And, uh, and yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm just looking forward to all these new opportunities. Um, if I do pop in in August, it might be because different articles are, um, finally being released. Things that I've been participating in over the last few months, um, are, are slated to come out this summer. Uh, so if I happen to be on hiatus when they come out, I will pop on to, to share so that y'all can, uh, to hear about it. And other than that, I'm just looking forward to a future of more speaking engagements about mixedness, uh, more podcasting, more travel, and hopefully getting an opportunity to see y'all in person in different cities um, as as we start working towards um, creating some some events, uh, whether they're live tapings or these uh, militantly mixed meals that I've been doing uh, when I go back to L.A., um, I want to try to do that in other places as well. So I'm looking forward to the next year of this show, bringing that. And, um, and yeah, so. <sighs> Don't forget to be in mix ourselves, y'all. Militantly Mix is a main hustle media podcast produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Fury. Music is by David Bogan, the one. You can follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Militantly Mixed. If you'd like to become a sponsor of Militantly Mixed, please go to patreon.com slash militantlymixed for monthly sponsorship or paypal.me slash militantlymixed for a one-time only donation. And if you like what you hear on Militantly Mixed, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to be your mixed-ass self. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.